Hi guys, thanks for tuning in to I Wrote You a Pilot. I'm your host, AJ Schrader, and this is the seventh episode of the podcast. Some people believe seven is a lucky number, and if this episode gets as much attention from the Hot Shots running television as the previous six episodes, I will yell at those people for having a stupid, stupid brain. If, however, it is more successful and even the slightest, I'll buy wholeheartedly into the superstition and make the number seven my new god. My guest today is the hilarious Jenny Stencil, who is one of the owners of the Idiot Box Comedy Club in Greensboro, North Carolina, the executive producer of the North Carolina Comedy Festival, and one of the owners and bartenders at Greensboro's newest bottle shop, Next Door. She also is my first guest who has actually had a job on television as a traffic reporter and comic relief on news stations in both Greensboro and San Antonio. So this should be a slam dunk, television hotshots. We'll talk briefly about the joys of stressless TV and predictable surprises, and then dive into the pilot I wrote for her entitled Jenny Roll Hostel. It's a, it's a soap opera thing. Things seem going on about her, so it's like General Hospital, but it's about like General Hostility. Yeah, okay. It's a pilot. Wrote you a pilot. A pilot I wrote for you. And then they said it's usually a parasite that like gets into your stomach and then has babies and then crawls around in your stomach. I just can't. <laughs> we just need to where, eat. Where did you even hear oh, this? I read it on the computer. Ah, uh. <laughs> like the phone phone computer. It's true. Well, it's true. It was a news article. There's lots of news articles these days, Jenny. No, this came from like a news channel, like, uh-huh. like a real channel. <laughs> you. You were on real news channels. Yeah, it was before. one of those channels. Okay. I usually only like repeat stories from them because that's, I'm like that's well, safe. Yeah. Ish. Worms. <laughs> I can't believe it. And then she told people I wasn't telling people that I had worms in my throat. You, you just keep it secret? Yeah, man. But wouldn't the worm just stay there then? No, I'd go to the doctor, I'd get the worm taken out, and then I would not tell anybody I knew that I was worm throat. Like <laughs> Good. It sounds like the worst Lord of the Rings parody character. I only sort of get that, but I, <laughs> I, I don't wouldn't know. You'd never get a date. They'd be like, "What's the weirdest thing that happened to you?" Oh, I had a parasite in my throat. So, like, so oh. you, Jenny Stenciler, telling me that's not a story you'd tell on a date. <laughs> Shut up, AJ. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about your television interest, Jenny, because uh, you. <laughs> The sh- your shows, the shows you watch are uh, Friends, Cheers, and The Office. That's what you listed on the form. Yeah, today. I mean, some of The Office I can't watch. Too cringy for you? Yeah, I have, like, <laughs> I mean, I can't go to sleep with stressful stuff. So, like, right. if I, like, the Scott's Tots episode. Oh, cl- classic have, cringe. I have only seen it all the way through one time until this week where I was mopping the floor at the new, <laughs> at the new space and I couldn't get to the TV. <laughs> And it just happened to me. And I I was like, please stop it. Please stop it. It's just, and the whole, there's never, there's not a reprieve because half of it is him, you know, bungling those kids' lives and the other half is the office attacking Jim. So right. it's very traumatic. Yeah. It's my favorite episode of the no, office. I can't take it. I mean, it. it's terrible. It's terrible, oh, it's but rough. I love it. Yeah. You generally, uh, 
like shows that aren't going to surprise you, it seems. Yeah, no, I like knowing what's going to happen. I don't need all this drama. Real life has it. I'm, I'm set. Right, so just the same shows you've been watching for the past decade. I mean, sometimes if you haven't seen them for a long time, you're like, oh, yeah, that was funny. Mm-hmm. And so in terms of me trying to find a through line for what you might enjoy in a show, all I had to do was write one of the most universally loved shows of all time. That's, uh, that's <laughs> kind of... So you're welcome. Uh, you're right. Yeah, I did <laughs> not do that. <laughs> I write these in two days. So instead, I focused on the character you would like to have been cast as. Oh, I didn't follow the directions. Uh, every other guest I've had listed a character <laughs> that they like, would have Like an actual character. Like a role that exists. Yeah, I don't have one of those. Right, because you only watch three shows over and over. <laughs> and soap operas. And soap, which, so that's surprising for someone who doesn't want to be surprised. Oh, because I know what's going to happen, EJ. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then if it doesn't happen the way I want, I'm really upset about it. So it's predictable in its surprise. Yeah, like they bring people back from the dead, so it's not always sad when they die. Uh, You got that hope. Yeah, you got hope. You got hope. (laughs) Soap operas, the show of optimism. See? (laughs) So you... You said you wanted to be a villain turned good, but problematic soap character. So that's the, they're the best ones because nobody likes the nice character. They okay. like them. They're like, oh, that she's nice, but she's boring. Who but wants to be boring? You want a little bit of edge to you it. You got to be a villain and then turn people to like you. That's uh-huh. like Erica Kane, villain turned good guy slash back to villain slash good guy. Everybody from General Hospital, literally, that's who they are. Just saying. So I understand the villain turned good. What What is the problematic? Well, you can't be a softie all the time. Like, once you turn good, you have to still be like, like, could she be crazy? Ah, okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. So still slightly murderous. Yeah, just like she might murder somebody, but it's probably like to defend somebody else or an accident. Oh, all right, so she still has that moral ambiguity. Yeah, yeah. Really like a like a an anti-hero kind of, like a Breaking Bad Sort of character, if you will. Yeah, but I only watched one episode uh-huh. of Breaking Bad, and it was so terrible. I mean, it was good, but I was crying the whole time. It was, it was that show was too much. I watched um, an episode of Breaking Bad, and it was not the final episode, but I think it was like the lead up to the final episode. Uh-huh. You jumped in at that yeah. point. Oh, it was oh too much. I was crying, crying like someone I know. New died. Like, I was crying. I was like, this is too much! (laughs) I watched two episodes of Game of Thrones. Ah! All right, so you want to jump into this uh, pilot I wrote for you? Yeah. (laughs) One of the most universally beloved stories of all time. All right. We open on a fast food drive through line. Our hero slash former soap opera star, Jenny Stencil, is wearing track pants and sitting in a car. Because, I mean, otherwise the drive through would just be like a stationary food truck or something. You know, motor vehicles, they really help define a space. Anyways, our six-year-old kid Josh is in the backseat behind her looking kind of murdery, while Jenny patiently awaits her Diet Coke. The window swings open, revealing a worker who earnestly enjoys his job. 
Sorry for the delay. The Diet Coke ran out and we assigned our slowest worker to change out the bag. Uh, That's fine. Do you want me to pull up and and have somebody bring it out so uh, you can get to the people behind me? No, let's have an interaction. Oh, good. That's someone who enjoys their job, right? (laughs) Yeah. So tell me about yourself. You've got a familiar face. Josh chimes in from the back. My mom was on television. Oh, cool. Celebrity. Now I feel even more comfortable making demands of your time. The car behind Jenny begins to grow impatient. Hey, lady in the car! You better not be engaging in some sort of interaction while I'm waiting for a biscuit. Uh, th- that guy seems like a handful. Maybe I should just pull up. Uh, uh, I tend to forget about people if they aren't right in front of me. If you pull up, you'll probably never get your order. Great, I'll just sit here and continue to be yelled at. Then. <laughs> uh, yeah, you better move, lady! You're the only person I can see right now, so I assume the inconvenience regarding my breakfast bread must be your fault. We should murder that guy. Josh pulls out a toy knife. Ah, oh, he's fun. So, what show were you in? I, I doubt you've seen it. It was a soap opera. Lady! Hey, lady! I won't stop yelling until there's a biscuit in my mouth. And even then, I'll probably peel out of this parking lot and attempt to tailgate you long enough that you feel earnestly concerned for your own safety. Jenny has finally had enough. Eat my shit! I'll find a child with pinworms, shove their poop directly into your dickhole, okay? God damn! That was an uncomfortable, graphic, and specific plan. I withdraw my hog. That was awesome. Let's pinworm everybody's dickholes. Mommy just lost her temper for a second, honey. Threatening to pinworm people's dickholes is only for grown-ups. Oh, I remember you now. You were Jessica Turncoat on that soap, uh, Days in a Hospital. Uh, the pinworm thing gave it away. Yeah, that was a big part of most of my character's plan. <laughs> oh, my mom used to watch that show all the time. She hated you. Well, I, I was a villain, so that means I did a good job. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, sorry for the confusion. She hated you. As a person, not not the character. You gave off like an energy that she just did not appreciate mid-morning. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been fun. I'd really like that Diet Coke now. I'm running kind of behind. I got a PTA thing, so I'm... Uh, no, all right. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Okay, uh, sorry. Here you go. The worker turns and grabs a bag and hands it to her. She looks at it confused. This is a biscuit. Yeah! It's for that guy behind you. You know, just in case you want to do something villainy to it. <laughs> the Diet Coke is still going to be a while. I'm actually the slow worker they is trying to change the bag. And obviously, I haven't even started. Isn't that fun? Jenny <laughs> controls her rage. Well, considering if she uh, wants to wipe her ass with the biscuit. As we cut to the theme song. People think that they know her Just because she was on TV But they only saw the tip of her rage With the soap opera villainy Her character might have died In a carefully planned accident But things are much more sinister now That she's the PTA president Truth is stranger than fiction At least that's what they say Her life must be extra truthy And her name is Jenny She's got some anger issues 
She's working them out slowly. It's a complicated process. It doesn't happen all at once. All right. <laughs> It was that. Alright, uh, the theme song, uh, uh, that laid out the basic idea. So, uh, we come back to what I imagine a mildly successful former daytime television writer's office must look like. A former soap opera writer, as well as Jenny's time and dimensionally traveling best bud who can fit seamlessly into any television project, AJ, is sitting at a desk playing Uno by himself. He places a red 7 on top of a blue 7. Ah, uh, this solo game night is awesome. That's the human version of how dogs say possum. I said it because I'm a human. AJ plays a green seven on top of the red seven. Ah, shit, yeah. Oh, I'm definitely gonna win this game. Huzzah for being uh, by myself. Uh, plus monologuing is actually pretty sweet. AJ plays a green skip on top of the seven, suddenly realizing the only person in the room to, to skip is himself. Oh, shit. AJ looks around in terror. He peers over at his own arm as it slowly fades from existence. But just then, the door flies open with Jenny holding a giant Diet Coke and Josh standing behind her still playing with his plastic knife. AJ's body snaps back into a solid state, which just happens to be the perfect form of matter in which to eat Doritos. It's another level. That's their new thing now. Well, I guess they got rid of the bowl. We'll keep going. Jenny, glad you made it. I get, I get real weird when I'm by myself. Hey, sorry I'm late, AJ. The drive-thru took longer than I was expecting, mm. and I got crumbs all over my track pants. Oh, I was wiping my ass with this stranger's biscuit, so I had to run home and back, get my backup pair of track It was a whole thing. Uh, well, 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 watch out, because I may have just finished writing the daytime television equivalent of a Cheers or a Friends or, or The Office, a show with true universal appeal, and I want you to star in it, which means you might just have to start wearing real pants again. Uh... That sounds like a punishment. AJ tosses her a script. Just read the script. If you don't love it, I'll, I'll stop telling you anything. I, oh, sorry. <laughs> Do it again. Okay. The cutting off part is later, uh -huh. but I was just reading. Uh -huh. It's good. It's good. Okay. AJ, AJ tosses her a script. Just read the script. If you don't I, love it. I don't love it. I don't love Jenny it. Jenny tosses it back. Wait, you haven't even looked at it. I don't love the act of reading. The words are always my least favorite part of being on TV. Oh, come on. You need a new project. You don't really want to be remembered as Jessica Turncoat from Days in a Hospital for the rest of your life, do you? I feel the character left behind a very respectable legacy. She was killed in a freak hip-hop rapping accident. We quickly cut away to a clip from the soap opera. Jenny as Jessica Turncoat is alone on stage. You think you're good like Robin Hood, but you'll never win any stuck up can. It might make you cry, but I'll never make you die. Suddenly a speaker falls on her out of nowhere. We quickly cut back to the office interior. Okay, sure. I do kind of wish that wasn't the moment that went viral. I, I I think it was actually the thing after the rap that made it go viral. We quickly cut back to the soap opera concert. Jenny is Jessica Turncoat now lays crushed under her speaker. Police around her. Oh, God, I'm dying. That means I'm shitting myself. People shit themselves when they die or when they have a baby. The start and the end of life is shit, shit everywhere. Okay, I'm dead. We cut back to AJ's office. Interior. Yeah, I, I actually improvised that line. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no one with any respect for themselves would write that. AJ turns and looks directly into the camera. His lack of respect for himself is evident. He turns back. Uh, listen, I appreciate the effort. It's just that I'm drunk on the power being a PTA president. 
I don't have time for TV anymore. As if on cue, Jenny's phone alarm goes off. Jenny looks down at it to see a reminder labeled allotted time for considering a comeback. Oh, oh, oh shit. I, I need to get Josh over to daycare. My husband's either dead or out of town or working on a science bar. We can figure it out later. I'm already late for a meeting at the school. Oh, hey, let me watch, Josh. You can use the extra time to read the script. AJ holds the script at her once more. She pushes it back. I can't, I can't let you do that. I, I love Josh, but he's actually a nightmare. They both look over at Josh, who is licking the blade of his plastic knife while staring intently at a cuckoo clock on the wall. As a toy bird comes flying out, he swings his knife, lopping off its head. Jesus Christ, I, I didn't even know I had a cuckoo clock. Yeah, he brings it with him places so he can do that. <laughs> Still, I, I, I wrote and produced six plus episodes of daytime television. I mean, that maybe that's a lot, I don't know, but I, I think I can handle a kid for a couple of hours. AJ holds out the script once more. This time, Jenny takes it. Okay, fine. Uh, it's your... Funeral, possibly literally. They both look at Josh, who is carefully removing the wings from a toy bird. Jenny turns back towards AJ. But I still can't promise I won't use the extra time just to nap in my car instead of reading. Well, I appreciate the honesty. Jenny turns to Josh. Try not to murder AJ, honey. Mommy will be back soon. Jenny exits the office as AJ grabs the Uno cards. So, uh, you want to play a game? Let's play bury our enemies. AJ <laughs> coughs as he notices yet another cuckoo clock. Cut to interior, school cafeteria, or, or gymnasium. I, I don't know, wherever PTA meetings happen. Maybe maybe it's just like a weirdly long desk inside a normal classroom. I don't, I don't have kids, and I feel like other television writers haven't really made these scenarios standardized for me yet. Okay, a group of PTA stereotypes are flittering about. The association's vice president, Becky, monitors the watch on her Fitbit with the intensity of a woman who secretly practices TikTok dances in her bathroom at night with the hopes that one day her daughter will invite her to be part of a viral sensation. As soon as the minute changes, she grabs a gavel from out of her bag and begins smacking it on the table. Order! 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 I call this meeting of the Parent Teachers Association to order! Hello? Despite the banging, no one seems to settle down. PTA treasurer Joanna decides to chime in by firing a small gun into the air. Hey y'all, shut up. Everyone goes silent. Joanna, I, I appreciate the help, but you're not supposed to have that here. I've been in enough courtroom rights to know Gravels aren't the only capable thing of getting people's attention when you want it. <laughs> we voted last meeting to stop allowing rifles outside of school hours. Shit, this ain't a rifle. It's a pistol. It's practically harmless. I, I doubt it could even kill a, like a, a black bear or anything. It'd probably just paralyze it. The, the spirit of the law was no firearms of any sort. All right, fine. I'll just bury it in the playground like the rest of our secrets. Thank you. Becky turns back to the rest of the crowd. All right now, our illustrious president seems to be running a little late, but never fear, as your elected vice president, I am fully prepared to take over. Joanna raises uh, her hand. Uh, question. When you say elected... I, I mean, I received the second most votes for president and therefore was awarded the title of vice president. Yeah, but there was only two run and uh. you only got one vote. I'm pretty sure it was just your vote, which is especially weird since your husband was there the night of the election. Oh, she, oh, oh her marriage must not be going oh. Alright, the camera whips over to Becky's husband, a sad looking man in a sweatshirt of whatever college he went to. Symbol of the last time he actually felt control of his own life. I wrote in Dan Mullen, a uh, football coach of the University of Florida. I, I didn't fully understand the ballot and I don't actually like to be involved in my children's lives. Go Gators! Whip back to Joanna and Becky. It's like you didn't so much get elected as losing a terrible landslide to Jenny and tie with Dan Mullins. But neither of them care enough to show up. Uh, Dan Mullen cares 
it would just be logistically difficult for him to be here. Just, just support me, okay? It's my time, okay? It's my time to finally rise from the ashes and impose my will on the people. First order of business, last year's fundraiser. I know the president already had some things earmarked, but unless someone decides to stop me, I have other ideas. Just then, the door swings open in a dramatic style fitting of a daytime soap opera, revealing Jenny on the other side ready to stop her. Not so fast, Vag Hats. Looks like I'm not absent as you thought. I wish you wouldn't always enter these meetings that way. Yeah, well, I wish you weren't a megalomaniac vag ass. <laughs> Joanna pulls some snacks out of her bag. God damn, this is going to be good television right here. You know, if it were on television instead of just like my actual life. Jenny walks up to the weirdly long table to assume her rightful seat and grabs the gavel out of Becky's hand. Now, what's this about reallocating the fundraiser money? I thought we all agreed it should be used to remove all the guns buried in the school's playground. But instead, I think we should use it to hire a lawyer. Well, that's a stupid idea. You're stupid for saying it. But there's no bad ideas in brainstorming. I mean, there's no way that's true. We've actually stumbled upon some rather urgent legal issues. Seriously, another lawsuit? Damn it, Joanna, I told you, if you're gonna put drugs in the bake sale <laughs> items, it can't be anything stronger than weed. This has nothing to do with my Los Ilos, Pollos, Hermanos meth cookies. Becky went over my spreadsheets and it turns out we have an embezzler in our midst. Who would embezzle from my PTA? I'll shove a pinworms in their dick holes. Have I not made that clear? If anything, you've made sure people overcomprehend that threat, okay? Which means the embezzler is most likely the only person here who's not scared shitless of you, Jenny. Well, great. Who's that? Yourself. Jenny gives a look of shock and surprise befitting her soap opera past. And with that dramatic cliffhanger, we cut to commercial. Today's episode has multiple sponsors, which may or may not be merited based on the quality of this episode. I mean, I, I get real loopy when I write these things, guys. Anyways, it's brought to you in part by Matt Schantz. This generous bastard not only gave me money, but would also like to plug other projects his friends are involved in, even though he has no financial stake in them whatsoever. He's what we in the friendship biz call a sucker. Anyways, he invites people to visit the next door beer bar and bottle shop in Greensboro, North Carolina. And if you're interested in tabletop role-playing games, suggest you check out the mythology epic called Hero's Journey, which streams once or twice weekly on Twitch. The episode is also brought to you by Will Lavasque, who didn't ask me to say anything, so instead I'm using his time to point out how uncomfortable I am saying my friend's last names. Even though I've known Will Lavasque for a while now, his last name has a Q in it so there's no way I'm going to even attempt it. Now that I have a recording of another mutual friend saying, Levasque, I'll likely practice saying his last name repeatedly before the next time I see him. If you'd like to hear more about my many other weird anxieties, or just want to support this show, feel free to give me money at US of AJ on Venmo, or at least consider giving me a five-star review on iTunes so I can obsessively read your comment and attempt to discern who wrote it based on your username. Then question whether or not I should send a thank you message, but ultimately stress myself out into a state of inaction. <sighs> Alright, let's get back to the show. All right, we return from that audio representation of the social anxiety I feel even around people I know fairly well and have gone out of their way to make clear that they appreciate the work I do, do to a split screen of Jenny talking on the phone with her best bud, AJ, as the PTA meeting adjourns and parents give Jenny the evil eye as they shuffle out. So, uh, have you read the script yet? No, instead I got accused of a crime. How many bodies? <laughs> it's not even a murder crime. It's money stuff. 
Anyways, are you cool watching Josh a little while longer? I got to clear this up. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're doing great. Uh, on a scale of one to ten, how much danger are you currently in? AJ's side of the screen wide and cerebral. Josh has tied him to a chair and placed an apple on his head and is holding a bow and arrow. Josh covers the talky part of the phone. Tell her fives. But why not just say zero? She will never believe that, ding dong. <laughs> Josh removes his hand from the phone talking part and motions with the arrow for AJ to proceed. Uh, uh about a five? Hmm. Okay, that's high enough number that I believe you, but still has plenty of room to escalate. I guess you'll be fine a little bit longer. Thanks. Uh, no problem. They both hang up and the screen widens to just Josh and AJ. You handled that like a real professional. Maybe you're not as useless as I thought. What? Is there a reason you're this way? Mm, I don't know. I grew up watching soaps, so I guess maybe murder seems kind of impermanent to me, considering how often people return from the grave in those shows, and then the characters often use violence and lies to legitimate as a legitimate tactic to achieve their goals and dreams. Perhaps the sad result of the stereotypical conventions of the genre. Oh shit, so in a way, as a writer of daytime television, I'm a victim of the system I helped create. Yup! Or maybe I'm just a psycho and television can do no wrong. Well, that sounds way more fun to me. Let's go with that. I, you know, I'd hate to think my words have consequences. Whatever you need to do to get through the day. So hold still, please. <laughs> Josh unleashes an arrow into AJ's arm. Ah, oh, the pain helps me ignore my meager influence. We cut to exterior school parking lot. Seconds earlier, Jenny has just finished hanging up the phone when she sees Becky and her husband go into their car. Hey, Becky, hold up. Uh, Becky grabs a can of mace from her keys and holds it towards Jenny. You, you and your pinworms can just keep their distance, Jenny Stenzel. The only thing that's going to cause my rectum bleeding is my obsessive cleaning habits. Listen, listen, I don't know who took that money, but it definitely wasn't me. Becky looks around. The only other person around is her sad-looking husband, who stopped paying attention to her years earlier. <laughs> of course you didn't take the money, you idiot. Because I did. But that's not the way it looks on paper. What the... What the shit, man? Uh, maybe next time you'll think twice before not sleeping with my husband. He came on to me. Wait. Wait, did you say you were upset I didn't sleep with your husband? Uh, yeah, what's the matter? Is he not good enough for you or something? Well, yeah, he voted for a college football coach over you for PGA president. He seems like he went out of his way to be a dick to you and even the lowest stakes kind of environment. He's kind of a tool. Uh, but you think I don't know that? But at least if he was sleeping with someone, he'd be a happy tool, which is a way easier to deal with kind of tool. Maybe you should just sleep with him. Oh, I do. But I make it very clear that I only do so because I feel obligated. I can assure you it's an experience neither of us enjoys. I could introduce you to some people if you want. Oh, gross. No, I, d I don't want to actually know my husband is having an affair. I, j I just want to be suspicious of his joy as a result of the unknown affair. And you ruined that for me, Jenny Stencil. I was worried I'd never get my revenge. But now, I've got all the doctored evidence I need right on this flash drive. Becky holds up a flash drive. The camera pushes in on it so we know this thing's important. You're not, you're just not going to get away with this. Oh, Jenny, there's nothing you can do to stop me. Dan, play my song. Becky's husband looks up from the car confused. Dan! Dan quickly hits his phone in the, a popular TikTok song that I definitely won't bother trying to get the rights to for this podcast and will instead play something generic. Begins blasting through the car speakers. Becky pops and locks her way backwards into the vehicle. It's, it's pretty cringy and her nightly practice in front of the bathroom mirror has definitely not paid off. The car drives away. 
There might not be anything Jenny Stencil can do, but there is something Jessica Turncoat can do. <laughs> Jenny begins flipping the script AJ gave her earlier, and we cut back to AJ's office. AJ is no longer tied up, but still has a number of arrows in his arm. He and Josh are watching the chair he was previously sitting in burn, as well as a number of other things from the office and a large amount of cuckoo clocks. I feel like I haven't said this to enough people in my life, but I, I really do appreciate the fact that you didn't burn me alive. Ugh. You were crying so much it stopped being fun. Those are the words of a true humanitarian. Just then the door gets kicked open. Jenny stands on the other side. She immediately sees the fire and arrows. You told me you were at a five. This is clearly an eight. Okay, well, I, I actually feel much safer than when I talked to you before. So. That's because you were so focused on the fire and the arrows in your arms, you haven't even noticed how many stabbing instruments he's currently has hidden around the room. Jenny sighs and holds out her hand. Slowly, one by one, Josh begins handing her over a number of sharp objects hidden around the room, which can only be described as upsetting. You never let me slice anybody's Achilles tendons anymore. It isn't fair. Right, yeah, I know. Moms are the worst, huh, buddy? Josh storms off. So, uh, Jenny, did you read the script? Parts of it. Listen, it gave me an idea. Oh, uh, was the idea that we should get it produced and both become successful television personalities? No, 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 no. Oh, okay, well then, uh, perhaps you found some similarities between the script storyline where your character is accused of a company embezzlement and realized you can resolve your own predicament in a similar nonviolent fashion through legal recourse. Uh, no, I skipped that part. People kept talking too much. Huh, well, I, I guess there was also that, like, kidnapping and home invasion plotline. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. But, okay, that, that didn't even have any resolution in the first episode. Plus, you need to find someone in America that actually owns a gun. Joanna appears in the doorway, holding guns at either side of her head. Hey, y'all! Okay, fine. But the plan in the script also requires a child-sized psychopath, and there's no way you're Josh gonna fight- taps him on the shoulder, and by taps, I mean stabs him with a letter opener. Yeah! All right, all right, I set myself up for that one, but I, but I still have misgivings. Listen, AJ, the kidnapping plan you wrote out in the script can work. Not as a television show. Actually, it'd be kind of garbage television show. But as a kidnapping, this is good, even if it won't be easy. Cut to interior van. The crew now sits with Becky gagged in the back seat. I was wrong. It was, like, really easy. Hmm, yeah. Yeah, I told y'all, with the gun and the van, it's almost harder not to kidnap someone. Uh, plus, it kind of felt like her husband was helping us get her into the van. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he definitely chased us down when we forgot the flash mm -hmm. drive. You know, I'm probably a psychopath. Oh, you're definitely a psychopath, Josh. <laughs> they all chuckle at this, even Josh. <laughs> okay, fair enough. But I even feel sorry for this woman's loveless marriage. Yeah, you know, I guess, I guess maybe we should take off her gag. I mean, she's going to be really loud and annoying, but that's fine, I guess. Uh, AJ undoes the gag and Becky gets instantly loud and annoying. Oh, you bastards! You're going to pay for this? You think getting framed for embezzlement was bad? Forget just losing the PTA. You're all going to jail. This is a legitimate felony uh, that you all actually committed. There's a beat of silence as the newly formed crew ponders this fact. AJ? Y yeah, Jenny? Your script didn't really spell out what the characters did after the kidnapping. Well, yeah, I, f I figured if it got picked up, another writer could figure that out. You guys are fucked. <laughs> There's another beat of silence. Well, we could just bury her in the playground. That's where I keep my other secrets. Hey, me too! Jenny turns and looks back at Becky. Well, there's no bad ideas in brainstorming. Becky gives a worried look, and boom! Credits roll! We can decide how dark we actually want the show to get after this goldmine inevitably gets picked up for episode two. Yeah! We did it! Murder. We, we, we set up a murder.
I like, you know, we keep it fast and loose here on I Wrote You a Pilot. Yeah. Keeping it fast and loose. Some of these jokes I got today. <laughs> so I was reading it on my phone, and I can't see anymore. Uh-huh. I need glasses, but I'm not doing that. So I have to zoom <laughs> Just in. as a general rule, no glasses? I just feel like it's a lot of mm-hmm. responsibility I'm not ready for. As opposed to taking a picture of everything on your phone and then blowing it up. Yeah, yeah pretty much. So... Uh-huh. <laughs> Some of them I didn't fully get until today, so that was fun. Good. I'm glad there were surprises for you. (laughs) (laughs) Even though you said that's what you don't want in television. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Sucker. Well, I I like surprise jokes. Uh, Not surprise stress. But you're capable of enjoying a joke even when you've seen it multiple times. If it's good. Right. Yeah, but it's got to be good. Like... So that's like the that pivot scene with uh, friends. That's one of the just like best all time physical comedy. Yeah, I mean he he definitely like that carrot Ross. He yeah. got annoying, no doubt. Mm-hmm. But he got so good at playing the other side of annoying right. that he he saved it. You know, like yeah. it was really to be able to power through annoying to get to the other side is really a huge. It's a skill, yeah. Yeah, but. Pivot! You, <laughs> All right, so my my guest after you is going to be Brian O'Sullivan, oh. who you know perhaps too well. I love Brian. <laughs> is there is there anything you'd like to see happen in a pilot that Brian is in? Oh, can you make him be nice? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't want to completely destroy his character traits, right, but right, right, yeah. I'll have a moment where he's nice to someone. There you go, yeah, like. That would be cool. And maybe he could date. I cut that part out. Don't leave that in. <laughs> I'll cut it right after maybe he could date. Yeah, and then yeah, it'll jump yeah. to cut that yeah. part out. Yeah, go, 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 go. Just way people can like just vaguely think Vague. of you as insensitive yeah, and problematic. Yeah. yeah, just vaguely think of me as problem as a problematic <laughs> villain that's recovered. Yep, people need that edge. People yeah. need that edge from you, Jenny. <laughs> Is there anything you want to plug to the, you know, 20 to 30 people who are listening? This podcast. <laughs> Thank you. The Idiot Box, when we're open again. Yeah. And um, our North Carolina Comedy <clears throat> Festival. That when? will happen at some point. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Great. Well, thanks so much for being on the podcast. That wraps up this episode. Thanks, AJ. Bye. <laughs>